Today's scripture reading comes from the letter to the Corinthian church, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning in the last part of verse 3 and going through verse 13. These words might sound quite familiar to many of you. They are a list of some of the spiritual gifts that Paul is talking about to the church in Corinth. And these spiritual gifts exist in all of our churches in many different ways through all the people of our congregation. Let us now hear the word of God. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit. To another faith, by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the discernment of gifts and spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of those tongues. All these are activated by one and the same Spirit, who allots to each one individually just as the Spirit chooses. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of the one Spirit. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I didn't go back and check how many times in my ministry I preached on this particular passage of Scripture But I know it's a lot. One reason is it comes up in a lectionary every three years, and not only in this particular passage in the Corinthian letter, but throughout the other epistles, Paul speaks about the gifts, and even Jesus speaks about the different gifts on occasion as well. We're in a conference that has over 400 churches and high 300s pastors in our conference here. And when I first came into the conference in 1990 as the new kid on the block, I was amazed at the varieties of gifts in our clergy. Over these 30 years of my ministry, I've been blessed to be involved in our conference at different levels throughout these years. And one of my greatest joys was to be with the new clergy coming in for their ordination as they began their ministry. I always liked that work because it kept me fresh. It kept me thinking about my call to ministry many years ago. 
And it allowed me the opportunity to see the varieties of gifts in all these new pastors, men and women, coming into our church. And no two are alike. Pastors are different, right? But so are we. It's kind of amazing to me that churches and pastors and families can get along because we're so different. We don't see eye to eye on a lot of things. And we have different gifts. Some things that I am interested in, you would have wanting to do anything with at all in your life, and vice versa. Sometimes we, I, think I have a gift, and I'm told, no, not so much. I think I'm funny. My daughter says, not really, Dad. Maybe one time in a Wawa, she'll say. <laughs> right, Paul? <laughs> but we need each other. We are many, and the church needs more, not less, but we're of the same spirit no matter how different we are and no matter how different our gifts are that we bring to the church. The church and Christ needs all the gifts, needs all of us to be sharing our gifts, or the church isn't really the church at all. As different as we sometimes are, it's important that we bring our individual uniqueness and our individual gifts all to the body of Christ, all to the church. And we need to know our gifts, and we need to share them. If you hear anything today, that's the two main points. Know my spiritual gifts, know my gifts, and make sure, whatever I do, that I'm using and sharing those gifts. Children have this innate capacity of curiosity. They explore their little world. I remember when my kids were little, they were toddlers, and I was thinking of it the other day, they both, in their own way, explored the world. I remember James, our son, went to the cabin for the first time in their young lives, up in Elk County. And on the way up there, the whole week before, I was telling the kids that, we're going to be around these big, giant elk. And they're big, right, Bill? I mean, they're not like a deer. They're four times the size of a deer. They're big. And they're going to leave little gifts all over the ground. Don't step in those things. Because they're stinky and they're messy. First thing James did, his little work boot right in the middle. They explore. They want to know. They're curious. They want to know about themselves. It's sad to me that as we grow up, we lose that curiosity. We lose that innocence as well. But we should never stop exploring our world that we live in, and we should never stop exploring ourselves. I've done a lot of thinking about this over the past year. There was a song that came on in my truck one day, about a year ago. And the lyrics of that song stopped me right in my tracks, in my thinking. And made me to consider the idea of retiring and doing something different in my life. That was a new thought, believe me. 
And it was a little scary, to be honest. Because for all of my life, this is what I've known. My mom and dad took me to church. I listened to I don't know how many sermons growing up, and then dad and I would debate those and talk about those sermon topics. And then I went on to college and seminary. I've been a pastor for 30 years. I can't even believe it's 30 years. That's hard for me to just put my head around. Am I that old? Oh, my gosh. 30 years of doing the same thing every Sunday, every week. And I have enjoyed it. Never stop exploring. I remember as a child in Sunday school, we had an acronym that was a real long one that said, God is not finished with me yet. God is not finished with you yet, and God is not finished with me yet. I've always believed, been taught, and have preached that if we think we've ever arrived in our faith or in our lives, we're in trouble. Because there's something about this searching and exploring and learning new things and acquiring new insights and growing in our faith and in our lives that shouldn't never stop. We need to grow. Or we'll be doing the opposite. Now, I believe, really in my heart, that God is part of all of our lives. Not just the good parts. Not just the Sunday morning parts. Not just the spiritual parts. But every part of our lives. And God has given us interest and talents and gifts. And some of those change over time, don't they? If, if my life's any example of this, maybe I'm an anomaly in some respects. My wife always said I had too many hobbies and they're all too expensive. She's probably right about that. But I have not ever in my life been that one person who has a one-track mind to just give everything to one idea or one interest. I've had multiple interests. And I think in my ministry, it's allowed me to relate to a lot of different people in their walks of life. I can sit down and, and talk to a plumber or an electrician, and I can sit down and talk to a computer expert or other professional in the world as well. That's been a great joy of mine to be able to have at least something to break the ice and to talk about and understand a little about what people do in their walks of life. And it's been a joy to learn so much from so many different people in these churches over the years especially here for 18 years. But we should never stop exploring what God did when God made me and when God made you. It's like uncovering an onion. You know, we uncover the onion one layer at a time, and just when you think you're getting to the good part, some more good part comes, right? And you might cry along the way if it sheds some tears, and we just keep uncovering the layer, the next layer and the next layer, and we never really arrive at the perfect spot. We keep exploring. We keep analyzing. We keep questioning. We keep praying. And we keep discovering new things about ourselves. This basic question is not easy. Do you know your spiritual gifts. Let me ask this question in a very obvious way. 
If you know and are sure of your spiritual gifts, raise your hand. Look around. Online, I'm guessing it's probably the same way. There's not any hand up but mine. And I'll say, I doubt mine sometimes. But I think I know some of my spiritual gifts. Let me help you. Here is a list of the gifts that Paul is talking about in this letter to Corinth, the church of Corinth. I don't believe it's intended to be an exhaustive list. If your gift is not in this list, it doesn't mean it's not important. It doesn't mean it's not a spiritual gift. Let me make this as simple and as easy as possible, because after all, I am a simple-minded person. For me to understand something, I have to see it and understand it and get my hands around and grapple with it for a while. And I have struggled for many, many years on what my gifts are, even as a pastor. I remember when I came to this church, I was really struggling personally and professionally in my life. I had been in a very difficult situation for a while, and I questioned my call. I was going to leave the church at that point in time and get into some secular work. I even had two interviews for secular work at that time. And when the bishop called me personally and said, we have a church for you, I said, no, you don't. I'm done. I'm going to leave the church. And he talked to me and he said, Bishop Weaver said, Bob, we need you in the church. And I said, no, you don't. You really don't. He said, Bob... We found the church that's perfect for you. It's up in the Poconos. Stroudsburg. I had never heard of Stroudsburg before. I heard of Strasburg Railroad, but not Stroudsburg. Reluctantly, I agreed to come, and now it's been 18 years. I guess that was a pretty good decision, at least for myself. But I struggled at that point in time with what are my gifts for pastoral ministry and what are my personal gifts that God has given me. Not everybody's going to like your gift, maybe. Not everybody's going to want to hear about your gift, maybe. But let me make this as simple as possible. A spiritual gift is simply a gift that you have something you are good at and are interested in doing. Now, how many of you have something like that in your life? Raise your hands, and I know you do. Some of you knit and crochet and sew. Some of you cook. Some of you are gifted at cleaning, way better than I am. Some of you have the gift of humor and seriousness and wisdom and faith. Some of you have the gift with your hands out in the outdoors or on a computer or in a trade. Some of you are good at driving trucks. Some of you are good at leading people in counties. I mean, I know all of you to some degree, and I see those interests that you have. And they are your gifts. Don't belittle them. Don't downplay the importance they have, not just in your life, but in the life of our church and in our community. They're what make up the church here in our community. And without you sharing your interest and your gifts, 
we won't be the same church that God wants us to be today. So this list is not by any means exhaustive. Whatever, and I learned this while I was here, actually. I have to say, about my fourth or fifth year in, I read a book called Strength Finder 2.0. It's the title of the book. And it was a process in that book to have me really look at what my spiritual gifts are in my life. And it was a great read, but a difficult experience for me to go through. And when I came out of it, I had about seven gifts listed down in that book that I thought were, were Bob's gifts to the church. And when I sat back at the end of that read and list, listed that list on paper on that back part of the book, here's how I felt. And it was in the lyrics today of one of the anthems. When we know and trust him, our soul and spirit are set free. There's two things here that happened to me, and I think happened to a lot of people. When we discover and know deep down what interests me, one it sets us free to be who God made us to be. If you are good with your family at providing a meal at dinner time or whatever it might be, that may very be the same exact thing that God designed in your life for your family. And without you, your family wouldn't be the same. Without you sharing your gifts in the church, our church won't be the same. I see way too many people come into church and we come in hesitantly. We come in quietly. We want to kind of slip into the woodwork and just tiptoe around a little bit and, and not really get that involved. I have enjoyed new member classes every time I've had a class and, and looking and learning the people and seeing what they know and what they do and what their interests are in this world. But what's disappointing is when they don't use those gifts. They've been on fire for a lot of reasons, but the fire wanes and dies out, maybe. And they don't share those gifts the way they used to. It's contagious to be around a new Christian, isn't it? They're on fire for Jesus. And then time goes by, and we go through the motions, we come to church, and, and that fire begins to quelch and quiets down, and we're not quite as excited as we used to be. Maybe you've shared your gift for many years, and you think, well, done that, and I'm done. Explore. Maybe God's got something else in mind for you. Explore and experiment and try. Be willing to fail. Try something new. But share your gift found this slide just the other night, and I thought, boy, this is kind of interesting. I love words, and unique, right? Y-O-U-nique. You are unique. Did anybody ever tell you that? You are unique. Do you know that? As a kid, growing up in my family, in my home, after school, every 
day of the week, Monday to Friday, we would turn a TV on and watch Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. I was in his neighborhood every day for many years. That show ran for 31 years, by the way. One year longer than I've been here. I mean, I've been in ministry. 31 years. And when Mr. Rogers sang his opening song and welcomed us into his neighborhood, I was convinced he was talking right to me. I felt like his best friend and his neighbor. I told you, my first year in seminary, I got to meet Mr. Rogers. And what a joy. He was stiff as a board around adults. Uncomfortable. But when the kids came in from the preschool, he opened up like a butterfly and became the person I saw on TV every day for all those years. And he said some things that people have turned around and looked at and criticized, but one of the things he said is that you are special. There's nobody else exactly like you. He was a Presbyterian minister, and his congregation were the children of the world, his TV audience, and their parents. And when he said, you are special, there's nobody exactly like you, that made me feel good. I didn't want to be like my brother. I didn't want to be exactly like my dad. It made me feel unique. It made me feel like me, Bob. That same experience happened in this church not long after I read that book called Strength Finder. I realized that this congregation was accepting me and loving me, not just as your pastor, but as Bob Shank. Me. You let me be me. All the good, the bad, and the indifferent of who I am, you let me and allowed me to be me these 18 years. And for that, I will forever be grateful. Because you can't do what you do the best you can if you pretend to be somebody else, if you're not who you really are in this world. And my hope and prayer is that if you haven't discovered that in your life, you will. You each, each one of you here and on streaming, have unique gifts and talents. I've seen them. I know some of them. They're unique. They're one of a kind many times. Sometimes they overlap and they're similar. But your gifts and your talents are yours. And yours to use and celebrate. It does a pastor's heart so good when he or she sees the congregation and sees the members of the church utilizing their gifts and talents and actually using them in all the varieties of ways that we need things done in the church. Your gifts and talents are important. Your interests are important. Here's the thing I discovered. If I have an interest... Even silly things. I mean, I, I like all kinds of things. I'm just kind of weird, I guess. But I like photography, and I like 
woodworking, and I like some things, but I like to be around children who point at butterflies and who watch apes in the cage in the zoo and giggle and laugh and talk to their mom and dad in ways that make them feel young again. I like so many things. And God made me that way. God made you the way God did with your unique gifts, talents, and interest. That's how God made you. So if you aren't using those gifts and sharing them, you're not doing what God designed you to do in your life. Here's another way of saying it. Your talent, your gift, your interest is God's gift to you. That's how God made you. That's how God designed you. But what you do with that gift, talent, interest is your gift back to God. A lot of people, a lot of Christians, a lot of church members have received freely from God and don't give back. There are people in the world who are takers and never give. Never give money, never give of themselves, never give to others, and never use their talents. We call them misers. And they become curmudgeons. We have stories around Christmas time about that, don't we? With Scrooge. Don't become like Scrooge. There's hope. Even Scrooge changed, right? God has gifted you. Paul said that in the Corinthian church, that congregation. But I don't think Paul only meant it for that one church. I think God and Paul meant it for all of our churches. And I believe that Paul and God means it for each one of us here today. I'm going to go back for a moment before we close. I'm going to ask you the same question I asked before and ask you to raise your hand. Do any of you know your spiritual gifts? I'm doing a little bit good here today. I'm not there yet, and neither are any of us. We have to grow. And this isn't that complicated. We make it more difficult than it seems to need to be. You know your interests, right? You know what gets you excited. You know what gets you angry and fired up. You know what gets you down. But you know what you have as an interest in your life. By all means, make sure that you use and share those interests. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for that church in Corinth many years ago that Paul was writing a letter to, trying to motivate them and challenge them to discover and use their spiritual gifts. Help us today, God, in this church and in our lives to feel that same challenge, to be inspired and motivated to discover and know our interests, gifts, and talents. If it's to sing, let us sing. If it's to talk, let us talk. If it's to pray, 
let us pray. If it's to believe, let us believe. If it's to clean, let us clean. God, whatever our gifts are that you have gifted us with, don't let us hide them, but let us use them. And most importantly, let us celebrate them. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.